Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. And now here's your host, Joe Levitt. All right, here we go. All right, folks, well, welcome into this episode of the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. We are live in Lynchburg, Tennessee uh, at the Jack Daniels World Championship Barbecue Invitational. And everywhere you look, there is, uh, is barbecue royalty. There are people that uh, you just look and go, I can't believe it. that there's that person. There's that person. And, and we've got a couple of those people uh, right here with us right now. If you are if you're on Instagram, uh, there's a good chance that you, you've run across the folks at The Shed. Uh, the Shed is, without a doubt, uh, a party wherever they go. Uh, they're a party right here on this podcast. And uh, I am thrilled to have two members of The Shed family, Brad Orison and Daddy-O. Welcome to the May the Smoke Be With You podcast. Hey, hey. It's good to... I mean... Think about it. We're at the Jack Daniels Invitational Competition doing this podcast. I mean, may the smoke be with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I go ahead, Daddy O. Yep. And ladies and gentlemen, Daddy O. I was just saying, I, I agree. You, I agree. It, the Jack, I've been here uh, blessed to have been competed here a couple times. Uh, and I've been here a couple other times. But uh, this is probably... The finest contest, the most well-run contest that there is. Well, we're, we're thrilled to be here and, and, and thankful to have you guys uh, on the podcast. Now, one thing I, I, I'd love to know is a little bit of just kind of history here, because I think there's, there's a history to the shed and what you guys are doing down there in Louisiana. So tell me. Mississippi, sorry. Uh, well, you know, oh my it's, goodness. A, it's a different state, but we are right next to Louisiana. Right, yeah. I knew that. Yeah, okay. All right, so you guys, what, what you're doing down there in Mississippi. What, what, give me the, the lowdown, the history of the shed. The lowdown, the history of the shed. Well, the shed started on a shoestring budget, and we didn't have the shoestring. We didn't, I mean, it was serious. But 23 years ago, we started the shed on... Daddio's uh, property, and he uh, he let us create what has come to be kind of like lightning in a bottle. We call it the Shed Barbecue. It's Ocean Springs, Mississippi. We're right off of I-10 on exit 57. We call it Barbecue Heaven. Um, and my little sister and I started it, Brooke, yeah. who is also here. But I think her and my mom enjoyed maybe too many margaritas for lunch earlier. <laughs> so I got the infamous Daddy-O with us. Well, she's, she's going to be a guest tomorrow. Hopefully, she'll, uh, she'll be, be on her best behavior tomorrow. Right. So you guys started 23 years ago as a restaurant. Well, what made you want to do a barbecue restaurant, you and your sister? Like what, made, what made that make sense in your head then? May I give a little story here? Yes. Actually, uh, Brad graduated from uh, Ole Miss and brought all of his uh, crap down. Actually, there was so much stuff on the trailer, he didn't have a vehicle to tow it. He had to hire somebody to pull it down. But anyway, uh, he wanted to start a really large barbecue restaurant because uh, we owned the RV park that uh, the shed's built on. And, uh, and we're on the bayou, we're on the water, he wanted to build that, but you know what? That boy couldn't get any money from anybody. He didn't have, had no credit, no income. He said, well, I will when I get this damn restaurant built. 
<laughs> anyway, so then he came to his mom. He said, hey, you know what? Mom, do, do, you, mind, do you mind if I build a, a little takeout barbecue place on that piece of property up there, which basically is about three acres with nothing on it but grass? So that's how it got started. And ladies and gentlemen, the rest is history. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's pretty wild. It's I used to go to this old uh, juke joint out on Highway 4, um, just outside of Memphis, between uh, Oxford, Mississippi, and Memphis. And, man, we'd go out there and listen to the blues, and they had barbecue cooking all night long. And, you know, the type of place is it's a juke joint called Junior, Junior Kimbrough's Juke Joint. So that's really where I fell in love with the blues and just that style of just, you know, rootsy Americana music, right? So right. with the blues. And if you stayed long enough, which we always did, <laughs> you were there in the morning, right? So the sun's coming up and these barbecue pits were in the back and cooking whatever it may be. Um, and, you know, you got to taste a little bit of that barbecue. But this was like very liquor-laden joints that were crazy. And I thought, oh, maybe we should try to bring that into a family atmosphere. So that's why we call the shed a family food drinkery. Um, but it's based on beer, barbecue, and blues. All right, so you had experience drinking and you had experience eating barbecue as a as a bit of a hangover cure it sounds like yes but like what did you have any other experience cooking barbecue when you guys opened no <laughs> like, for real like it was like did you like if you look back now do you think we had no business opening a barbecue restaurant so we started uh daddy o mentioned uh, we had we grew up in the campground business so you know the first time i ever cooked you know, a couple hundred burgers on a grill was for a 4th of July party at the campground mm -hmm. when, I, you know, I might have been a dozen years old. And we just kept doing that. Daddy-O's always cooked on the grill. Mama Mia's also phenomenal when it comes to um, just everything that she's cooked. And, you know, if she doesn't cook it right, we don't tell anybody. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we grew up around food. We've been a foodie family, uh, you know. That big old pot of beans, we'd make it last a week and nobody bitched about it. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. Um, but the first job that I had out of the campground that Daddy-O had and Mama Mia uh, was working in restaurants, like 15 washing dishes. Then I got up, I got promoted to head shrimp peeler, <laughs> you know, because I was, I mean, I'm a badass dishwasher. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I will crush. If anybody needs to know how to do that, I got you. But then when I took next, I was the fry cook and then the main grill guy. And then, you know, I went out front and decided, okay, now I'm the busser. Now I'm the bartender and the server. So in college, uh, and I've always worked in the restaurant industry. I'm 46 now, so that's a pretty good piece of time. Uh, oh, yeah. Look, the grand champions. Ridiculous right here from Memphis in May. Is that a GC? Is that a legend walking? I believe so. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're at the Jack, so there's people everywhere. Yes. Just like you said, you never know who you're going to see. And it's wild because everybody's here. And if you're not, then I suggest 
Did she come year. to the Jack Daniels at any point? Yes. Um, but my junior year in college, we opened a pizzeria. My senior year, we opened a sushi bar, and we built and ran them. Um, and then came home and opened the shed barbecue, and I did some dumpster diving and found <laughs> no... All right. You heard Daddy O said I brought a huge trailer full of stuff. Yeah. I did. Did some dumpster diving and decided we were going to do barbecue. And we, Daddy O helped me build a smoker and we tested out some seasonings. Here, hold on. He's, he's hold claiming on, that that's on, not on. entirely true. Yeah. We have a fact checker here, just like on Twitter. Actually, uh, a, how it happened was uh, Brad was dumpster diving and, you know, lo and behold, found two. Auto shams. Well, I've never been in the restaurant business, and Brad had only been in a little bit in college. Anyway, so we figured out how these things work, and I said, well, hell, all the heat's on the side. Let's just pipe smoke into it to get smoke, and we use the heat to cook the meat. And so uh, basically, uh, Brad and I took these two auto shams, basically me, I put them together, and uh, we piped it. And I remember the first night we were getting ready to do it, and we had this thing going, and and then uh, I said, hell, there's no smoke going out of the stack. And then we finally figured out, well, hell, you know, heat rises. Maybe we ought to light this thing up and see if it's. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, we got it lit up, got it heated up. And sure enough, it worked like a charm. Used it for years, actually. Yeah, years and years. The, uh, the smoker, well, at, we don't have an on-site. That is actually representing the state of Mississippi in a museum in New Orleans called the southern food and beverage museum wow. so the original smokestack for that smoker uh what we made out of an old uh car vacuum like you would pull up to the car wash yeah. and put you know so it was that stack and i found some pipes and and it just uh it worked out and we've been going to work every day for 23 years <laughs> uh so that's that's a so going back, you, you create this, make a smoker out of vacuums, uh, and you guys are now in the barbecue business. Well, there was a sauce involved, too. A sauce involved? Yeah. Okay. A, there was a sauce. So Daddy-O always made this root beer, Bark's root beer. It's, you know, it's born in Biloxi, Mississippi. We're, that's our neighboring mm -hmm. little town. And uh, so we had this Bark's root beer sauce. And then one day, this guy showed up named Papa Jack. And he said, hey, I heard y'all going to open a barbecue joint. Yeah. He's like, well, what kind of sauce are you using? I said, well, we're, you know, my dad's got this root beer sauce. He's like, well, try this. And I had cooked up a rack of ribs on the smoker. And you imagine the sheds, you know, a 30 by 30 building with the, you know, no inside seatings, no doors that locked, no nothing. <laughs> Um, built out of just everybody's junk. What, whatever you could find yep. made this, this and, shed. Um, and I tried that sauce, and he, uh, I had cooked up a rack of ribs, and he tried the ribs. He said, well, this is it. And we started buying this Papa Jack's, uh, called it Shed Spread. Okay. All right. And come to find out, he had been making this sauce for about 25 years. And at this point, my dad's like, look, anything that you can stop asking me for help, I'm good with. <laughs> yeah. But we started making uh, Papa, or we didn't start making the sauce, but 
that's really when the thunder rolled and the rubs that we created, just southern sugar-based rubs mm-hmm. and that sauce. Um, and that day with that pecan wood smoke, that combination is what has culminated into, you know, the shed barbecue. And we still do the same thing every day. All right. So you had this chance, really sales call almost from this random guy you'd never heard of with this, with this sauce. And you said, that's kind of lightning in a bottle for you guys. How soon after that was, was it like word of mouth immediately? Like this is, you've got to go to this little shed barbecue place. So for about a month before we opened, I had went to this little yard sale and they had this little electric smoker this little tiny little electric smoker. And we had this big bush outside of the, the barbecue joint that's no longer there. But I hid this little smoker and I would cook some chicken or just something, throw an onion on there, anything. And we had a sign out front that said, honk if you're hungry. So for about 30 days before we opened, we had this sign, honk if you're hungry. So and, like, and just some smell coming out yeah, of that little and electric boom, smoker. You know, and it's, uh, it come to find out it was by far the cheapest marketing effort that we've ever had because 23 years later, people are still honking when they go by, and that sign hadn't been there in 20 years. Wow. So it's uh, just simple grassroots, and, hey, people keep showing up. Thank God. At some point, you guys went and did some competitions. Talk about your competition journey, because I think that's a big piece of the shed history as well. Competitions. I mean, like the Jack that yeah. we're at. Yeah. Yeah. MFSMA, we went to go win MFSMA uh, the very first year that we went in. Uh, we, I filled out the application for like three years and never got in. And then the lady calls and she says, oh, well, um, you're in the MFSMA, but what category do you want to cook? And I said, well, we're going to cook all of them. She said, well, you can only cook one in MFSMA. That qualifies you for finals, and then you move forward. And I said, well, we're going to cook all of them. She's like, no, you have to pick <laughs> one. I said, well, look, I've been trying to get into this competition for three years. Haven't gotten in. What category will guarantee me that I'm in? The shed is in Memphis MA. And she said, whole hog. And I said, I'll take it. And I went and told Mama Mia and Daddy O and Brooke that we got in Memphis MA. And uh, they said, well, what category? I said, whole hog. And they said, we've never cooked a whole hog. What are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, we're going to do it. It's on. And, um, So that's when we started learning, you know, about competition barbecue. And that's, what, 16, 17 years at Memphis MA? Um, I think we're about 17. Yeah. So so you go that first year. From from the time you're accepted to your cooking whole hog in Memphis in May, like how how long of a period is that? Uh, They announced that in January, so we were there in May. In May. So in May. So, I believe that was uh, the year was 2007. There's another famous person right there, <laughs> Iowa Smokey D's. Darren, uh, look, hey, that hey, is hey, that guy right that? there. Yeah, told you, everybody's here. Yeah. 
so you guys go that first year, and what were the results that first year for you? Oh, we kicked some ass. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, – it was great, tenth, yeah, top ten to Memphis MA with that hog, and uh, we designed this thing called the Robo Hog, which has just been trial and effort. One of the most expensive things that I've ever created. <laughs> Thank you, Brooke, <laughs> yeah, for <laughs> making sure we get, could pay for that. Um, and we've just been developing those skills, and we always said we would paint the Jeep, uh, the old Willis smoker that we have. It's, it's an old Jeep, and. Uh, if we ever won Memphis MA and we won it twice and it's still the same color. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so you go from 10th, but there, there's some championships in there, right? Like you guys have, like, yeah. like brag a little bit. Like what have you guys, like, what have you won? Are you talking about the last three years or the years that we actually did win? Yeah, the, the, years, <laughs> the years that you actually won. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. Well, in 2013, we final for the first time and we placed first in hog but we didn't get the grand that darn mark lambert beat us out i'll tell you <laughs> sweet swine of mine yeah. dear friend of ours and mine but anyway uh and then uh in 2015 we won first in hog and we're privileged to uh, also get the grand and that was our other dear friend which i just stopped at his restaurant yesterday in decatur uh chris lilly and uh, we spoke to him that night. Uh, and then uh, in 2018, uh, we were also blessed with uh, first place hog. And guess who we were up there with? Chris Lilly. <laughs> anyway, well, uh, Chris Lilly doesn't want to be on the stage with us at finals. But uh, anyway, he, he's, he's a dear friend. And I'm looking forward because I'm going to see him tomorrow because I've already talked to him on the phone. And we're going to meet up tomorrow. Anyway, but that's that's kind of our history as as far as winning Memphis in May. But going back to the, the early competitions, first competition we really ever did that was any was uh, uh, the Mobile, uh, Alabama, which was a a, a large competition, and uh, the Hog Wild, and uh, we didn't do so well there. Actually, uh, Brad, uh, actually I'm not a cook. I don't know a damn thing about cooking, but I just hang out and make sure these guys stay straight. But anyway, uh, which, they burned, which feels it, they like a burned every job. damn thing up. Brisket there was, and at 5 o'clock in the morning, they're trying to find somewhere they can find a brisket. You know, there's not too many places open at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> but anyway, they came up with a couple flats, and uh, anyway, well, I think we got 57th. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the funny thing about it was, you talk about competitions in, in history. So the next year, uh, they were supposed to have this deal, and the, and the theme was going to be uh, psychedelic. So we went psychedelic. We had, you know, the way uh, Brad Brooke drew it, you know, we had psychedelic everything. So we went, and anyway, we were the only folks there in psychedelic uh, <laughs> costumes. <laughs> well, anyway, the next year, before the next, we didn't do so well then either, but the next year then the shed, uh, actually the next year then Katrina happened in 2005 and brad wasn't going to compete and carl uh butler which is uh, does this contest he said brad you got to come do this contest brad says man we just burnt i mean we the we, we're I, we're not gonna be able to do that he says brad i'm telling you you got to come do this so we did do it 
And guess what? We were on the cover in our psychedelic outfits on the whole thing about that. But the really thing that blessed the shed was the fact that it is the first time that Carl Butler, so you never know who you're going to meet, or you never know what's going to happen, that Carl Butler said the Food Channel is going to be filming you along with some other folks and you're going to be the dark horse the young guy and anyway that was the first time that we were on national television uh and i think that's probably one of the most significant things for the success of the shed uh that we got that pivot for some national attention and uh so anyway uh that's kind of the history of the barbecue contest so as you look now the the competitions, the the Food Network, Food Channel uh, appearance, you're, you are a nationally recognized kind of barbecue institution now. Uh, what what is how does that change day to day? You know, as you guys go into this restaurant uh, and try to put out a consistent product every day. I mean, there's a lot of pressure because the, you are a stop for a lot of people. They're going out of their way to come to the shed and they're expecting to experience greatness every single time i mean our the whole reputation daddy oh that was really good you almost made me cry oh <laughs> jesus uh but the you know the shed's reputation is based on uh what we start with it's quality meats you know we we've, we've been cooking seaboard and prairie fresh ribs for over 20 years um and we have somehow figured out how to make a barbecue plate look almost exactly the same every single time mm-hmm. and um, just kind of hone the skills. Our crew is outlandishly great. Uh, we have lots of people. Our uh, senior pitmaster, Hobson Cherry, has been there over 22 years. Um, Scott Zink. Uh, 15, Andy, 17, um, Cheryl, Amanda, lots of people have worked for over 10 years. And in the restaurant, just industry, I say that loose, but because we're a barbecue joint, Mm -hmm. that's different, right? Right. Um, But it's all about our crew and the fact that we're on I-10. So we have a huge tourist base and it's, you know. It's people like Tuffy Stone and Chris Lilly and Myron Mixon that have made barbecue so popular through whether it be Food Network or History Channel, uh, Netflix, you know, you name it. Mm-hmm. Uh, barbecue is still just piping hot. But what the reason why we are the shed and what I guess the reputation that we have is we've stuck to the process. We know we're buying the best meat that we can buy. We're cooking it exactly the same way, and if it's wrong, it's wrong, and we notice that. Um, and the beer is always cold. That's why I go there every day. <laughs> so, is that your chief job now, just uh, chief beer tester, or what's what's day to day like for you? Uh, that's yeah, that's your yeah. job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have a, a, a co-packing facility we call the Saucery. And we have, we bought back my parents' campground. They sold it years ago, and we bought that back. And um, 
I'm just, I'm in the food business, you know, it, yeah. it's wild to think, but with our coat packing facility, uh, we're making barbecue sauces and side dishes for people all over the country. Um, and we still do it old school recipes, you know, it's, it is what it is. If it takes four hours to simmer down the barbecue sauce recipe, we're literally taking four hours to do that. Wow. So, um, but Brooke's the reason why, you know, we've been in business 23 years because I really can't count that good. So thank goodness for Brooke. Yeah. So what, what kind of, you know, they, you said daddy is kind of the sauce guy. Like what, how did you guys get into that, that sauce business? As I'd said earlier on this broadcast, I've never been in the restaurant business, only associated with it through the, the shed. But anyway, I, I sold the RV park, and then four, about four and a half years later, uh, the shed decided they wanted to uh, uh, attempt to franchise. So that's what happened. And, uh, and when they got to three, I said, Brad, you can't have you know, everybody trying to duplicate this barbecue sauce and some other uh, coleslaw sauces and, and some other proprietary saucers. I said, we need to set up a, a, a kitchen where you make that. So that's where I came in to actually, I guess, w with the saucery. And I said, well, I'll do that. I thought I was only going to make sauces for uh, the sheds, mm. and uh, which is basically what happened. At one time, we had six sheds, or seven sheds. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, because of the BP oil spill and some other uh, events that happened, uh, we didn't have that many sheds. I said, well, what the hell are we going to do now? <laughs> you know, we don't have any income. So anyway, that's when we started reaching out to uh, some of the folks here and uh, our barbecue partners, uh, you know, uh, to do some co-packing. So anyway, now we're, you know, 13, 14 years, about 13 years later, maybe 14 years later, uh, that we're doing that. And we have a lot of clients from all over the, all over the country. And uh, I retired about three years ago and uh, I don't even know what the hell they got going on out there anymore. <laughs> and actually, uh, it, you ever leave home and your folks decide they to college and your folks decide they're going to get dishwasher because you've left? <laughs> well, that's what happened. So I left. We got uh, <laughs> we got like semi-automatic one fill at a time. Uh, 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 now Brad's got two automated lines, you know. <laughs> I said, what the hell's going on here? So anyway, uh, that's the story of the saucery. That's how it came about, and that's what it is now. So. If you got a sauce you need made out there, folks, come on. We can make it at the saucery. Well, I, I love it's such a such a colorful history. I feel like we've just kind of kind of cracked the surface here. Luckily, uh, for those that are listening to the podcast, we have a we have a part two coming up where where Brooke, I think the real brains behind the operation, is gonna give us a little bit more detail when we sit down with her. Uh, and kind of get that. But I just want to thank you guys uh, for, for joining me here today. Um, I, I'd love to spend a lot more time with you, truthfully. No uh, but this, yeah. uh, this has been great. Uh, appreciate you guys. Love what you, you do for, for barbecue because you, you do such an amazing job at making this industry, this, uh, this movement be fun. And really, I was telling my buddy Josh, I said, they, if, when I think of the shed, I just think of, fun i think you guys bring the party wherever you are um and i appreciate that about you guys uh not taking it too seriously having fun but taking this business seriously and still around 23 years later it's a testament to daddy -O, to mama mia to you and to brooke you guys have built something really special 
And, and we do have a, a middle brother. We call him the middle child. <laughs> His name's Brett. <laughs> and but does he do he's anything? He's got the. He's the cool kid of the family. Okay. He's got the only nonprofit record label on the globe, out of uh, Austin, Texas, called Space Flight Records. Okay. So y'all check him out on Instagram and check us out. Absolutely. Um, and. Keep on cooking, right? Yeah. I mean, and look, you got to come visit us. We're right there, South Mississippi. Absolutely. Before I let you go, we're going to do a speed round real quick. Are you a Star Wars fan? I like space. <laughs> do you have a favorite space movie? What is that? What's that one? The one? I think it's Star Trek, right? <laughs> okay, Star Trek. Okay, great. No, no, no. I, I, no, I totally take that back space balls space balls that that checks out that totally checks out for you absolutely well hey thank you both for joining me and uh, as always may the smoke be with you Aye. thank you very much thanks for listening to the may the smoke be with you podcast with joe levitt